1: Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings.
2: Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it!
1: This is Top Flight Time Machine, I am... (laughs) What? Start again. This is Top Flight Time Machine, I am Andy Hotbody Dawson, pa-pa-pa.
2: I'm Sam Nisty Delaney, so what?
1: History Box! And it's part two of the 1904 Men's Marathon in the Olympics... Uh, St. Louis, United States, August the 30th, 24.85 miles. 32 athletes started the race, 14 of them finished it. And it simply says on the Wikipedia page, it proved to be a bizarre affair due to poor organisation and officiating. And we're just about to begin the race itself. Uh, we had a bit of a, a preamble last week. and We probably talked about some other stuff, Coming, not what we talked about, but we, we uh, were at the yeah. start line.
2: Uh, but can I did we talk about the fair the world's fair that was that the marathon was just one event within
1: oh, <laughs> I, we mentioned it I don't think we talked about it. have you clicked on that page as well
2: I, I've looked at the an article in the smithsonian magazine oh, have um, you now? which which just came up when I just googled it then the 1904 olympic marathon may have been the strangest ever uh, but then it says um, the games were tied to that year's World's Fair, which celebrated the centennial of the Louisiana Purchase. Right. Um, the games were largely overshadowed by the fair, which offered its own roster of sporting events, including the controversial Anthropology Days, in which groups of, and this is in inverted commas, both in the Smithsonian and out of my mouth, savages. Recruited from the Christ. fair's international villages, competed in a variety of athletic feats. Among them, a greased pole climb, <laughs> ethnic dancing—ethnic again in, in inverted commas—and muds and mudslinging. Fuck not the metaphorical kind, I assume, but real mudslinging for the amusement of Caucasian spectators.
1: I mean, they've just basically invented it's a knockout there, haven't they?
2: 1904. <laughs> it's, well, it's racist, it's a knockout. Racist, which I suppose is another way of describing the one that the Royals did. Yeah, Pierre and de Corbatin, a French historian and, and amusement of uh, founder of International Olympic Committee, he, he made a disapproving note of, of this business where they had like the, the people performing for them. He wrote, as for that outrageous charade, it will, of course, lose its appeal when black men, red men and yellow men learn to run, jump and throw and leave the white men behind them. So Who different the red times, men? The, the Caucasian men that seem to be in charge of this event.
1: But then they just said white men as well. They've put white men and red men in the same list. Who are the red no, said, men?
2: No, he said the red men. He's, he's talking about um, Native Americans, I think oh of course remember red Indians, back in yeah. those days this is yeah. the sort of language they used right of course, of course. and this bloke is the voice of, he's the liberal and yet he goes black men red men and yellow men learn to run jump and throw and leave the white men behind them i think yeah he's cut he, he i see what he's trying to get at mm. but um different really time. he should know that people of different races could already run and jump and throw
1: yeah different times
2: They weren't allowed to take part in that. But that said, I mean, greased pole climb sounds good. Sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. To watch and take part in. If they
1: started putting that on at half-time in football matches as a half-time entertainment, um, well, they wouldn't do it because nobody would be down there in the concourses and the concessions buying the beer and the hot dogs.
2: I tell you what, if England had to do it and you had to nominate one of your squad players to climb a greasy pole at half-time in competition against the other one. If I was Southgate, there'd only be one man for that job, and that would be Calvin Phillips. The man is built for climbing a greasy pole. He's (laughs) so muscular, isn't he?
1: He is, yeah. Well, there will be fans doing it, not players.
2: You know what I mean? But the the point stands is that Calvin Phillips is lithe and muscular and looks like he could... Mm. Climb a greasy pole, no maybe, problem at all.
1: Maybe if they bring back superstars, they probably, I mean, they never will. You know what, funny you should concerns. say that. He
2: is. He reminds me of Keegan in his sort of body shape and way of, way of moving. Very yeah. strong. Sport yeah, okay. And strong.
1: Let's get back to the 1904 okay. marathon. Uh, we're at the section, I mean, we're just going through the Wikipedia page. We haven't done any great research. We haven't even fucking read it in advance. The first to finish uh, the race was Fred Lortz, who had actually dropped out of the race after nine miles, suffering from cramps, and then hitched a ride back to the stadium in a car, waving at spectators and runners alike during the ride. Uh, When the car broke down at the 19th mile, Lortz re-entered the race and jogged across the finish line. So he's done nine miles, got the cramps, and then he's gone in a car for 10 miles... And then got out of the car, which broke down, and then re-entered the race for the final six or so did miles. Did you ever
2: hear the rumour that that's what... Do you know Jimmy Savile every year to do say, the London Jimmy Marathon? Saffel, yeah, this yeah. was always the rumour about him. Was that playground no, it wasn't, it wasn't stuff, or do we have Sam? evidence?
1: It was, it, was, it was one of the rumours about him, it wasn't
2: the rumour? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't like the worst one. But when I was a kid and I was unaware of the paedophile rumours, the worst thing I heard, that's what I used to say. I used to go, mm. you know that Jimmy Savile? And it, I don't know if this is how you heard it, but the way it went round in my playground, in the days when the London Marathon was sufficiently exciting for school children to discuss it in the build-up yeah. and the aftermath, which is, <laughs> seems ludicrous now. But we did. You used to go, fuck in i the reference. did you see it? But we go, yeah, Jimmy Savile, he, he, he goes off and he gets a lift in a gold yeah. Rolls Royce to the finishing line. That was the mm. specific detail that I always remember, is that he didn't just get any old lift, it was a lift in a gold Rolls Royce. That
1: feels like schoolyard embellishment, because if you were Jimmy Savile, yeah. and you were going to sneakily get a lift between miles yeah. three and 23, or whatever it was, you'd do it uh, in a blacked out van or something, wouldn't you?
2: Yeah, you'd, then, keep a, you'd keep a low one.
1: He did a lot of his crimes in a blacked out van, I think. But uh, So yeah, for, uh, Fred Lortz, jogged across the finish line, barely a bead of sweat upon his brow. Um, he was hailed as the winner, had his photograph taken with Alice Roosevelt, daughter of the president, Theodore Roosevelt, and was just about to be awarded the gold medal when his subterfuge was revealed. So mm-hmm. he went along with all of this. He didn't say, you know, no, no, look, I've been in a car for 10 miles. I'll be honest, yeah. No, no, this is not my race to win. Someone else won. I'm sorry, but... uh you know, I'm not the winner. But no, he uh, he went along with it. But then he was confronted by officials. He immediately admitted his deception, and despite his claims, he was joking. The uh, I was only joking. <laughs> when I said I was the winner, I was only kidding. Everyone knew I was in the car. Surely, uh,
2: surely everyone saw
1: it. Uh, they banned him for a year. But then he went on to win the 1905 Boston Marathon. So he was yeah. capable of winning the marathon.
2: He's like, a year? No fucking problem. I'd do it in yeah. my sleep. i will just go out and train. You man, can't ban me from running. One. You can't you can't stop a man running. I'll just run on my own. And then I'll be even fitter in a year's time. So you're doing me a favour, if anything.
1: That fellow we were talking about last time, he was doing the Tour de France at night without any rest days. I'm doing the Tour de France. doesn't matter if it's not the organised version of it. I'm doing Still it. I'm doing it better. doing it. I'm doing it at night, I'm not having any sleep. I'm camping out. It's Tour de France Plus what I'm doing. So I'm the real winner, not them other cunts.
2: Normal Tour de France is for pussies, mate.
1: Them other cunts with their water bottles and their fucking packs of fucking nutritional gel, whatever the fuck that is. I
2: don't even drink, I don't eat gel. I have an egg in the morning and that's enough for me.
1: I drink my own spit and I've got a jam sandwich under me hat like Paddock and Bear. That's all I need. <laughs> Um, so the actual winner of this event in 1904 was Thomas Hicks. Uh, he was also aided by measures that would not have been permitted in later years, it says. <laughs> okay, uh, we'll find out. <laughs> 10 miles from Leave the finish, 10 miles from the finish, Hicks led the race by a mile and a half. Fucking hell! Uh, but he had to be restrained from stopping and lying down by his trainers. Uh, so he wanted to stop and have a rest but his trainers wouldn't let him. And it says, from then on till the end of the race, Hicks received several doses, not of jam sandwiches, Sam, not of his own spit, but he received several doses of strychnine. A common yeah. rat poison, which stimulates the nervous system in small doses. And the strychnine, what was it washed down with?
2: Why, well, It was washed down with brandy. Ah, <laughs> uh, quick. I'm faded. Give us some strychnine for fuck's sake. Oh, it tastes disgusting. You got anything to wash it down with? I don't know, like some brandy or s- out like that. There's <laughs> <laughs> oh, a the fucking strychnine. <laughs> more! More strychnine! There's a little so, bit more yeah. rat poison just to get me over the last few miles.
1: Just to stimulate my nervous system. It's small doses, I might
2: add. People say it's daft, but have you seen how fucking faster rat moves?
1: <laughs> um. So, yeah, he had some of that. Uh, It says he continued to battle onwards. I mean, this is the guy that won the thing. He continued to battle onwards, hallucinating, barely able to walk for most of the course. But, of course, he had that mile and a half uh, gap between him and the rest of the field. So I think there's an argument for pacing yourself in a marathon. And I think Hicks didn't subscribe to that argument. Hicks basically went off like a fucking... like a uh, a bullet from the the Mm. very beginning. Uh, when he reached the stadium, his support team carried him over the line, holding him in the air while he shuffled his feet as if still running.
2: <laughs> I guess they're
1: holding him maybe, what, like a foot and a half or something it off the ground?
2: still counts. Still counts. If think the rules. And I'm moving. Nothing in counts. the rules saying that your feet have to touch the ground. <laughs> Nothing whatsoever.
1: Oh, man, I would have loved to have seen this. Um... Yeah, he then had to be carried off the track, and might have died in the stadium had he not been treated by several doctors. He lost eight pounds during the course of the marathon. Fucking hell! Um, so he was bad, the winner. It? He Maybe was the we, and you should
2: get it. out and run fucking twenty-six miles. Yeah, you lose to that man. Some
1: strychnine and some brandy. Quick way to lose yeah. weight. <laughs>
2: um, we could probably do a book about that.
1: No, a TV series.
2: On uh, Channel 5. Uh, There was another Um,
1: near fatality in the race, which was William Garcia of the United States. Garcia was found lying in the road on the course with severe internal injuries caused by breathing the clouds of dust kicked up by the race officials' cars. Now, we mentioned this last time, didn't we? That the... uh, Where is it? The, The course... The first five laps were around... Um, a stadium track and then the rest of the course was on dusty country roads with race officials riding in vehicles ahead of and behind the runners creating dust clouds so what happened to Thomas Hicks was he, uh, sorry William Garcia he uh, breathed in so much dust it caused severe internal injuries <laughs> oh, fucking hell
2: that's a lot of dust it's got you be- be- you've inhaled a- the equivalent of two tonne of bricks and the dust saw gone in, and it's solidified into effectively bricks inside your guts, and, and that's created a lot about, of pressure on various essential organs. It's
1: like salt, it's like we talked about in the last episode we recorded yeah. about salt. It's just, it's a just rock. You're putting down ground up rock into your body can't be a good thing. And William Garcia, of course, breathed in uh, nine tons of bricks, and proved that is not a good thing. Um, so he nearly died. Uh, Sam Meller who'd won the 1902 Boston Marathon, was also overcome by dust and, despite having led the field at the halfway mark, was forced to drop out of the race. Oh, so he was in the lead. Fred Lortz had took over from him in, in the lead. Oh, no, Fred Lortz was already in the car by then.
2: Have you he got did. any data on this Cuban fella called Felix Carabial that I've just seen on the Smithsonian article? It, um, he came. He came from Cuba and he raised money to get there by demonstrating his running prowess across Cuba. And people like paid him money. What what can only be called a show running where you go and you just run for entertainment and people pay for it. And um, anyway, so he he got he got there on his arrival in New Orleans. He lost all his money on a dice game. Fuck. And had to walk and hitchhike to St. Louis. At five feet tall, he presented a slight but striking figure at the starting line, attired in a white long sleeve shirt, long dark pants, a beret and a pair <laughs> of street shoes. <laughs> and a pair what? of street shoes, yeah. One fellow Olympian took pity, found a pair of scissors and cut Carabell's trousers at the knee. Hey, mate, I can't help notice. Your get-up is, doesn't seem that appropriate. We've got a lot of running to do and you're in full-length trousers. I'll tell you what I'll do, though. I got a pe- I'm going to go and source a pair of scissors and cut your trousers <laughs> off for you. How about that? I've got a source you- a pair of scissors. <laughs> <laughs> you saying this cunt over here? Cuban, apparently, he's got a fucking burial and a pair of fucking loafers. He'll never oh, make it. <laughs> what 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 name did
1: you did you give him? Because there's a fella here that's his got the, a different name. His name, name is but Felix a story.
2: Uh, Carbayal. So C-A-R-B-A-J-A-L.
1: Yeah, it's called Andaran Carval on the Wikipedia. Mm. That might have been his uh yeah. Felix Della Caradide Carval Isoto, known as Andaran Carval, was a Cuban postman.
0: Yeah, he's Not only a was he a long
1: distance, but he was a postman. And that's and a he, really good job if you trying to gain stamina and the ability to run at long distances. Uh be a yeah. postman and run it instead of instead of walking.
2: I had a chat with my postman only the other day about just Did that. You? He saw me coming home from my run. Mm-hmm. And he went, ah, oh, that's good, mate. He's been the same postman for years. I mean, mm-hmm. I've lived in three different houses in this area, but he's he does the whole area. Yeah. And I went, uh, he went, ah, oh, well done. Got your workout done for a while. You must be knackered. I went, never mind that, mate. What about you? You're clocking up the mi- miles every fucking day. You, you get your workout for free. They're paying you for it. And what did he Didn't, say? Just fucked off. Just fucked off, yeah.
1: Thought, yeah, I think yeah. he,
2: he muttered he muttered he muttered something that s- sounded a bit like cunt but I don't think it was cunt <laughs> 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 fucking
1: beeping Timmy
2: they not fucking patronise fucking, me beeping Timmy
1: fitness Timmy
2: <laughs> I've been delivering your fucking stupid letters for years <laughs> and all that Actually, crap I... you buy off eBay yeah I've seen um, it what was it a fucking baby Pele what the fuck <laughs> is that a little baby doll in a fucking matchbox. Are you fucking mad? What are you doing yeah. with your life?
1: Yeah, yeah. You might think that I'm getting fit from doing this, but actually, I'm a functioning alcoholic. I'm in the pub by 1 pm, and I pass out at home at 9, 9 pm. Get up again the next day, day after day, same
2: thing. To so don't tell to 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 me you're crap that you flitter your fucking money away on when you're not fucking running about in circles in the park. <laughs> <laughs>
1: running. Running around like a child. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, some of us are fucking... By well, that hour, some of us are around. fucking working. Putting a shift in.
1: Running around like a little kiddie in a playground. Do you go on the roundabout as well when you're there? Do you go on the swings? Do you, Do you sometimes go, on go in your pants apart? and vest
2: because you've forgotten your kit? <laughs> <laughs>
1: fucking P.E. Timmy. Get fucked yeah, there's a there is a paragraph about Ander and or Felix Carvial. Uh as as he said there, he lost all his money gambling at Dice in New Orleans and then hitchhiked to Saint Louis and had to run the event in what are quite rightly described here as street clothes. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Imagine rocking out like that in street the thing shoes is, it, before, we? It it brought money to but probably mm. buy some kit and he was then he lost it all in a dice game the mad cunt so he's had to t- he's just it hasn't put him off he's gone, fuck it I'll just run like this
1: yeah and the uh, street clothes had cut around their legs to make them look like shorts but uh, Felix hadn't eaten for 40 hours um, so he stopped off during the race in an orchard to snack on some apples <laughs> 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 there's an orchard I'm Lovely. starving that'll do oh, me
2: time for some fucking free apples I think <laughs> what were you saying like about the playing job? street football in your street shoes? Like, you know, when you're at school and your mum's mm-hmm. just bought you a pair. She's just invested, yeah, money that she, she can ill afford in yeah. some leather shoes from um, mm. somewhere like Saxons or was mm-hmm. it Revels? I think Revels. Yeah, well. Dulcis, Yeah, Clark's. Obviously, and they're quite nice and shiny. They're decent, and you and she goes, "Don't play football in them." but then the first day at school everyone's playing football yeah. and you're like I can't not play and you fuck them on the first day
1: I don't remember ever not playing football as a result of having new shoes on I yeah I don't think anybody did
2: I remember my message just being my, my mum just being like "Fucking again again with the fucking football with your street shoes <laughs> <laughs> they're fucked <laughs> <laughs> I didn't so, play football, I swear. <laughs>
1: it's almost like you've got the mind of a child.
2: <laughs>
1: no self-control. Mm. Uh, it's almost like you don't care about having to go out and earn money in order to buy shoes.
2: Because <laughs> all you want to <laughs> do is
1: play football. Yeah, I'm a kid. So,
2: I was compelled ca- to play football.
1: <laughs> Carver, y'all ate some apples, snacked on some apples, it says, but they turned out to be rotten, unfortunately. Uh <laughs> oh, these are rotten. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have them anyway, I'm
0: starving.
1: <laughs> the, the rotten apples caused him to have st- stomach cramps and he had to have a lie down and take a nap. Uh, he's had quite a race. It says he also spent time chatting with spectators. A bit like that, uh, that uh, legendary photo of Harry Maguire talking to his girlfriend after the match in there. Oh, 20s, yeah I love World that. he's leaning on the yeah. real yeah a bit like that I yeah. think chatting with spectators that, and that's also, been
2: going round again and I, I yeah, always am really attracted to his girlfriend
1: oh yeah yeah
2: she's really attractive
1: but mm.
2: like, no offence Harry Maguire I'm no, not if trying
1: if you're listening you, you, you fucking hell I hope this hasn't ruined the pre-match build up I
2: don't they're know. all sitting so around God, there. I, hope we haven't, I hope I haven't just set up rent free in his nut
1: Southgate's got them all subscribed with the IFS and they're all sitting listening
2: this the will race. help you relax, lads. It's a couple yeah. of cunts talking bollocks. I listen to it in bed at night, um, and it he- helps me get off to sleep. I want you all listening to this.
1: They're talking about the 1904 Marathon. It's really good. <laughs> the first part was, anyway. We haven't got to the race yet. And but, my uh, like, oh, my fuck God.
2: Fucking hell, gaffer. I wish I hadn't <laughs> listened. They just he kept going me on missus. about fancying my wife. <laughs> <laughs> it's right in me not now. I won't be able to concentrate.
0: Jalapeno. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. Jalapeño. (laughs) Let's
1: get back to Carvey Allen. So he chatted with spectators and he playfully stole some peaches from a race official. And it says, uh, despite falling ill from the apples and taking a nap, he finished in fourth place. So Well done. Fucking hell. (laughs) Came all that way from Cuba. Well played, that man. Uh, His time, unfortunately, is unknown, which is a shame because the the, the top three times are all listed, but uh, his time is unknown, it says here. So I don't know what he did it in. Uh, Many felt he could have won and set a new record, if not for the delays. Um, The South African entrants, Len Tao and Jan... Masciani finished 9th and 12th, respectively. Now, we, spoke, we saw them earlier on. Um, they were the two, the first two black Africans to compete in the Olympics. They were Tswana tribesmen, uh, and they were there as part of the World's Fair. And they were long-distance message runners during the Boer War. A bit similar to your postman, I suppose, an early rudimentary version of the postman.
2: Mm.
1: Um, so neither of those... Oh, no, they finished ninth and 12th. It says, this was a disappointment, as many observers were sure that Len Tao could have done better if he had not been chased nearly a mile off course by some feral dogs.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I love it that he got chased by feral dogs, but then he still completed the marathon.
1: Yeah, he was chased by feral dogs for a mile. <laughs> Yeah. That's feral dogs for you, though. They don't fucking quit, do they? They yeah. do not quit. Ah, oh, man. There's a nice I mean, picture I, mean there.
2: We, I had an incident in Spain once with some feral dogs. Thank Did God you? they weren't targeting me. But I was on holiday with my brother Theo and two mates. And basically, we were staying in this fucking villa that belonged to a mate of a mate. And it, we got there and on the first night, it was like, it became apparent that it was infested with ants, right? This was in 1995. It was, infe- there were so many ants that when you That's woke up worst. in the morning, no lie, hmm. the ants were all over your face, everywhere. It Jesus like, Christ. It was madness, right? So my bro, I was quite young. I was like a student. My brother was um, working, doing well. And so he said, fuck this, we're going to move into a hotel in- down in the town. Mm. So um I went he, he went, I'll pay I'll pay for you, I'll get a twin room. And I said, Alright, nice one, cheers. He goes, We can't stay another night in this fucking ant house. An so, but, we, hell. But, but but the two mates who we were with, they were like, Now nah, we're staying. And we were like, why? And we go, Oh fuck it, you know, it's supposed to be a cheap holiday. We can't be going and checking into hotels, we'll just deal with the rats, right? We'll deal with the ants. And I was like, what they meant was, and I'm going to say this, I haven't named them, is that they'd brought, they'd managed to smuggle some cocaine with them from home, and they just re- figured that if they stayed up all night <laughs> taking drugs, then the ants wouldn't get them.
1: That's a good thing to do when you're going <laughs> abroad. Smuggle some cocaine with you.
2: Yeah, they just, I don't know, they, uh, they put it in their fucking luggage or something. It was like, you know, it was 1995. They were young stupid I mean I, I wouldn't have done it I mean even at my maddest I was too scared to fucking smuggle stuff Yeah, it was, it was the brick pop era, wasn't it it was the they brick pop cool they were just like then. if, if they get stopped at Spanish customs though, they are just given it eh, mad for it uh, right <laughs> And the Spanish would have said, ah, you're English, you're crazy, um, like Oasis, yeah? Britpop. <laughs> yeah. You're crazy, Britpop kids. Wait, but they would have just started singing that supergrass song. We are young, we are free. <laughs> 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 and then, like, go on, then, English. You're bad we English, touch man. Them.
1: Legally, <laughs> we cannot touch them. We are at the height of Britpop.
2: Oh. <laughs> You've seen the cover of Vanity Fair, London swings again. There's nothing we can do. They are untouchable now. <laughs> Liam
1: Gallagher and Patsy Kenseth.
2: So evocative. It reminds me of the 60s all over again. <laughs> so, um, so they stayed up all night doing coke. And then and we went to pick them up in the morning. We had a nice night's sleep. And we were going to, we decided that we wanted to go to a water park. Right. Mm. And, uh, i can't remember we were on costa brava and we and we uh we said we called them up at the villa and we said we'll come and meet you at the bottom of the hill where the, the villa was at the top of the walk down the bottom of the hill and we'll meet you there we'll, we'll wait in the car and then we'll go to the water park they said all right fuck me <laughs> we we were there waiting for them we were like where the fuck are they they're taking ages and then slowly over the horizon we see them coming But as they walked down, I mean, they both looked fucking strung out anyway because they'd been up all night taking drugs. So they looked fucking mad. And they were walking really gingerly down this hill. They were surrounded in a circle by a pack of feral dogs. Whoa, fucking hell. And the feral dogs had literally ambushed them out of it. Like, they'd all suddenly come at them like a gang from different alleyways. And they'd surrounded them. And rather than chase them they just sort of escorted them slowly just down the hill. them. But yeah. the whole time, sort of with a low growl like this. Wow. Right? And eventually they got close to the car and we were like, fuck, if we open the car doors, they might jump in on us. So me and my brother are thinking, maybe we should just leave these two to be eaten by the Spanish dogs. Yeah. And we'll fuck off to the yeah. water park on our own. They made their choice to smuggle drugs exactly. and stay in an yeah, villa. Yeah, consequences. And this, I mean, is, those, this is their punishment.
1: Those fural dogs could have jumped in the back of the car and gone, to the casino.
2: Drive. You got a water park? No, no more. <laughs> we have gambling now. You got money? <laughs> <laughs> you know, how old are you? You fucking grown man. What you got a water park for? We got a grown up place. We got <laughs> a casino. Then we're going to get some whores. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get a whore. You'll get it one, my friend,
0: and I'm going to watch you.
2: Oh, don't. Don't make me do it with a whore in front of you, mad, feral Spanish dog. Yeah, not going to be a human whore either. It's going to be one of my dog whores. A
1: dog whore. She's pretty, though.
2: She wear lipstick and a lovely bonnet on her head. You've seen Gremlins? You know there's a sexy female Gremlin? A bit like that. That kind of vibe. <laughs> but anyway right so we were like shall we leave? we were seriously thinking shall we leave them to die right because again you know it's the Britpop era mate you know yeah we are young all that stuff so yeah we we can't we can't allow these dogs to interrupt the Britpop fun where the euro 96 vibe we're on yeah so i opened the door and i was like you can get in and they said they're about to attack and i said are you sure they're not just being friendly and my mate just looked at me and went, look at this Come here. And the leader dog, right, was mm. right up close to him. And he had his hand, my friend had his hand in a fist. I don't know why, by his side. Like maybe he was ready to, he was thought, I'm going to punch the biggest dog, knock him out.
1: Right and that was yeah. a
2: warning to Send the no other message. dogs, right? <laughs> yeah. Now the lead dog, right, had gently clamped his fist in his jaws and was pressing just hard enough not to quite draw blood but to slow just break the skin and i'm not joking he was eyeballing my mate he had his jaws round his fist and he was looking up and just eyeballing him and he was just making that noise and it was a proper your move motherfucker jesus what you gonna do cunt right and we were like really well they were really scared me and my brother were a bit scared More sort of like, Mm. oh, what's going to happen? Are our friends going to get eaten? Man, imagine seeing your two mates eaten by a pack of dogs in front of your eyes. Yeah, that's not what you expect when you go
1: when you book a holiday together, is it? You don't think (laughs) it's going to end like that. How was
2: that holiday? (laughs) Oh yeah, we're all right, but I mean, did you hear what happened? Second day, (laughs) Dave and Tom got fucking eaten by dogs. Yeah. And what made it worse was we had to watch, so that sort of obviously soured it a little took bit, took the shine off it a bit. But we, you know, we went to the water park and that were good, and you know, but I mean, you weren't... could try,
1: you could try saying to the dogs. Oh, admit we're on holiday,
2: come on! <laughs> I don't speak English. What are you say like when you like what you were saying last week when you got chased back to yeah. a, your hotel with your mate? You don't yeah. want that trouble on holiday. But Can't anyway, stop. in the end, it was a like... Count to three, and then make a bolt for it into the car. And mm-hmm. we started moving the car slowly so we had momentum. And they just suddenly fucking broke free from these dogs Fuck and hell. ran and jumped into the car, right? And the dogs went fucking wild, and we slammed the doors and fucking whizzed off. Wow. True story. Yeah.
1: Jesus Christ. And, and they the were really, what, like, chased the car?
2: They, for a little bit. Like, I think the dogs knew the game was up. They were like, they had their chance to eat them. And they'd fucking hesitated. Well, fuck it, was, why did was, we hesitate?
1: <laughs> Every fucking time. We tried to make a drama out of it and build the tension where we should have just fucking eaten them straight it away. should have
2: just eaten them. It's like, it's like, have you seen that Glenclary Glen Ross where he says, ABC, always be closing. It's the same with capturing human tourists. Right, when you get a tourist, when you're lucky enough to capture two tourists like that, early in the morning, no old bill around, you just got to fucking capitalise. Close the deal. A, B, D, always be devouring. Fuck's sake, <laughs> when are we going to learn? I'm fucking starved God. now. What are we going to do? We're going to have to fucking eat out of the rubbish bins again.
1: Fucking hell. So you think that was that? was the, the, the raison d'etre, was to just eat your mates? There's nothing else they could have wanted, was there, unless they were carrying... They were,
2: I mean, the only other way I could explain it, the only other way I can describe what I saw was, it was bullying. They were basically, these dogs were bullying my mates. Yeah, my they mates they were, were very vulnerable, and mm. they were like, they were just bullying them, and and so maybe it was a psycho, psychological power play, like, yeah, hey, English, thing. what's the matter? You are far from home all alone like this? You sure? You want to be on this hill? Don't you know this hill is dog hill? <laughs> this yeah, this think, area is run by the dogs.
1: I think this podcast in the, in the past has underestimated the strength of uh, feral dogs, but no more. From now on, we'll treat them with the respect they deserve, I think.
2: It, it also reminds you of one other incident of fear and danger abroad that, I, that came up at the weekend. I was remembering my mate, he was, he was in Athens on some sort of work trip And he was staying in a sort of near a certain... A sort of rough part of town, I think, where a lot of drug dealing was done Mm. and stuff. And for some reason, he decided he wanted to go and check out this part of town because it was notorious and he'd read about it. So he went there and he said there's quite a lot of wild shit going on. And he made the mistake of getting his phone out and taking some pictures... Right. ...of the the street life, let's say, (laughs) right? Yeah. And very suddenly... He thought he wasn't being that um, obvious, but very suddenly... He felt people closing in on him. And one man, as he was taking a photo, just suddenly appeared by his shoulder. Lent in to my mate, who, by the way, is no shrinking violet, this mate of mine, right? He's like right. not hes not easily scared. That's why he'd, for some reason, it's strange to me, I'd never do it. He'd sort out the roughest, most dangerous part of Athens. And that's what he did in his time off. I mean, me personally, I'd probably go to a water park or a museum. Yeah. Right? But... He said this bloke suddenly appeared by his side, leant in close to his ear, and just sort of whispered, Leave now.
0: <laughs>
2: Which I just thought was great. This Greek geezer leave now. Yeah, and, uh, and my mate just went, OK, and just yep. put the phone in his pocket yep. and left. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for the tip. I'll be off. Best <laughs> of luck in all your
1: endeavours in the future.
2: <laughs> Funnily enough, I do have somewhere to be, so this is... <laughs> (laughs) Works out quite conveniently. I imagine you're on a work trip, so yeah. Thanks a lot for the uh, (laughs) thanks a lot for the advice. All all, all the best, God bless. (laughs) TDFN, leave Leave
1: now. Oh, (laughs) the understated threat, leave now.
2: This is is a new section on this podcast called The Dangers of Abroad.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's uh, the the mailbag is open as always. (laughs) <laughs> the, dangers the dangers of abroad, the, 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 abroad we've, done, and it, we've done this and that in the past haven't we but that's, yeah. it's a subsection the dangers of abroad
2: dangers abroad uh, it takes back take to Harry Maguire look what happened to him last summer people yeah, think exactly. nowadays it's all fun and games but abroad is just as dangerous as it ever was maybe more no, so because of thing. Brexit we're targets this, now uh,
1: yeah this is what I thought after that time I got chased in 93 and Cyprus just thought if it had turned into a fight and mm. the police arrived you know next thing it's midnight express
2: yeah, yeah, and you are never the same in, again, are you? you? You'd have been being bummed in prison by, a, yeah, big Greek that's, dude.
1: It's not for me. Um, we'll go back to the 1904 marathon just to wrap it up because mm. uh, we're almost at the end. There's another section on the Wikipedia page which is entitled "Dehydration." Um, how many sources of water do you think there'll be for the competitors in a hot marathon in 1904? Well,
2: I'd like to think, you know, I've done ten Ks where there's people at every kilometer or so holding cups of water that they hand to you, and you drink them as you, you run, which feels yeah. great because you feel really professional. Um, yeah. But I would say in this one, nah, like like what one one bit of water yeah, between two, all of them. Two. Right.
1: There was a water tower at six miles and a well at about <laughs> the twelve mile mark.
2: Fucking well, um, what you got to go to all that trouble of lifting I think it out, pull it up in a bucket yourself? I think, yeah. Uh,
1: James E. Sullivan was the chief organiser of the Olympics and he decided to allow only the limited water stations on the 24.85 mile course, even though it was conducted in 32 degrees Celsius heat over unpaved roads choked with dust. His ostensible reason was to conduct research on what was described as purposeful dehydration, which was a theory that dehydration could actually improve athletic performance. <laughs> now, of course, science has caught up with ideas like that since then, and of course, we know that dehydration does not improve Although, performance. I, I
2: saw a documentary once. Panorama did a special on thirst once. <laughs> I never watched Panorama, <laughs> but week, I tell you thirst. what, I, I fucking watched that one. I don't, I don't watch Panorama because do you know why I don't watch it? it? Is because when you were a kid, uh, you just associated Panorama and World in Action yeah. with like really bo- like just being bored shitless. And yeah. I don't think I've ever, I've ever quite got over that. You're sort of, yeah. You saw a panorama, yeah. But the, there was one, the, the slightly intimidating theme music as well, the seriousness of it. Yeah, sort of aggressive, and it, and yeah. it was always like, oh god, they're just going to talk about how there's going to be a nuclear holocaust again. So fuck that. But then a few years ago, they did. I saw one advertised it was going to be about thirst. So I thought, right, I will break my usual rule, my usual no panorama rule, ta- and watch this and uh, they were saying how, like, the thirst industry was all a fucking wind-up because it was just, like, big water trying to convince you that you had to be drinking water non-stop oh, yeah, the yeah. day. Yeah. But it's bollocks. And every doctor was just like, if you want to know when to drink water, there's an inbuilt fucking system in the body called being thirsty. And that's your fucking <laughs> drinking water alert, right? If you're not thirsty, don't fucking drink, right? And uh, anyway, the reason I bring it up is that there are deaths every year in marathons around the world as a result of overhydration. Overhydration, which don't forget is what Leah Betts died of, right? Yeah. Because she'd overdone it on the old Evian when she'd taken the uh, Mm. rave drug ecstasy. A lot of people whose diet raves had overhydrated because they thought they had to overcompensate. And a lot of marathon mm. runners die of overhydration because people fucking tell them, big water tells them, that they've got to be drinking non-fucking-stop all the time. Your body can only take so much, your organs start drowning.
1: Fucking hell. A yeah. Bit like the dust, but... It's
2: like but that. With liquids. Water <laughs> is, in many ways, just as bad as dust. A fucking lot of people hell. call water... Nature's Dust.
0: <laughs>
2: <What>? <laughs> they
1: do. They do now, anyway. I've got um, a few DVD box sets of World in Action. Have you? brought some out for a few years ago. I'm just looking at the, the uh, Are volume. They scary? one scary. Well, I've not got around to watching them yet. You know, I've put them aside with so many other things to watch at some point. Freaking never, probably. Whenever. But, um, box set one contains. Uh, an interview with Mick Jagger in 1967 after his jail sentence was quashed for drug possession. Mm. Uh, there's one about uh, the events that led to the death of Che Guevara. There is uh, one about Vietnam. There's one about the uh, the life of Steve Biko. There's a, a behind bars interview with one of the leaders of the Bader-Meinhof group. Oh. There's, an episode, there's an episode about investigation into conditions at Manchester's overcrowded Strangeways prison.
2: Fucking hell, and, well, that was prophetic, wasn't it?
1: And a look at the violent activities of the Animal Liberation Front. So there's some fucking great stuff on there. And they were all like half an hour long, weren't they? Uh,
2: yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I, I, didn't, so, yeah. I didn't watch them. But I, I would say that um, World in Action is one of the best names for a TV show ever created. Yeah. What are we going to call this new documentary series? I don't know. It's the world, isn't it? documentaries yeah. are fucking boring so you better think of something sexy because most people are going to think fuck that think of the most exciting <laughs> title you can think of how about world in action <laughs> oh yeah sounds like a James Bond film that <laughs>
1: uh, there's, there's uh, box set number three includes an interview with L. Ron Hubbard the founder of Scientology oh that's uh, good world in action state of denmark professional moralist mary whitehouse is taken to denmark at the time of denmark's sex fair where she discusses the country's liberal laws and lack of censorship ah this sounds
2: brilliant i've (laughs) got to fucking watch this they must be online i don't know you have to have a look they will be soon you might put them on daily motion
1: world in action goes inside the national front fucking hell dhs snoopers and bogus benefit claimants and then, The Hunt for the Ripper, the Yorkshire Ripper.
2: Fucking it. Okay. Now, this is serious fucking journalism.
1: Isn't it? Un- unmissable stuff. We'd have watched this every week if we were, if it was on now, and we were yeah. alive back then, or something. Now, it's
2: all bullshit. I mean, that's the other thing. I just think sometimes it's just like, it's all stunty journalism now, isn't it? Yeah. It's yeah. all like, uh, oh, when well, he did a hidden camera and got someone to say something silly when he didn't yeah. know he was being recorded... I don't know. I'm probably being unfair. I don't watch these things.
1: That's that's World in Action. I don't know if they're on YouTube. Have a look if you want. I can't be bothered at the minute. Um, We're just about at the end of this now, I think. So there's two sources of water. Uh, The marathon ended with the worst ratio of entrance to finishes, 14 out of 32, and by far the slowest winning time in Olympic history, three three hours, 28 minutes, 45 seconds, almost 30 minutes slower than the second slowest winning time. It was the most stupid marathon there has ever been in the history <laughs> of the olympics and we are proud to have covered it and there we go that's the end of this episode we'll be back i don't know i do a live logistics next week i think i'll probably do one of them again
2: yeah yeah so we've got a your, lot of people's mail to get in. through as well
1: yeah uh so there we go thanks for listening um always run your finest race to the very end
2: beware a hungry spanish dog